This is Jacob Ross with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And you're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Enjoy. Apparently no one can hear. Did you hear bugs last time? <coughs> what are you looking for? God damn it, my lighter. Let me get that lighter. Here you go. Thanks, buddy. What the fuck? Oh, it's warm. It doesn't open automatically. You gotta flip the top. Huh? Flip uh, the flip. There, 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 uh, there you go. Look at that. There you go. We're doing it. Fancy, fancy lighter you there, buddy. I love that lighter. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty fancy. Oh, this is episode 86 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Jacob Bratz with J.O.B. Morelia. Oh. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> oh, what was that? What the fuck? You, ever, you feel that in your headphones? Yeah, I feel it. Stop. I don't know if anybody else can hear that. Yeah, they can. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just saw the, the sound wave on the Watch thing. it be All way right. worse. I'm done for playing with that. Listening. Sorry. Uh, it's just our one-on-one. It's actually one. a pretty sick beat, bro. I'm pretty happy say. about it. You like that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Don't do it again. Okay. But yeah, no one-on-one for the month is actually. I think it's been more than a month since yeah, we had I was one. Yeah, the last one might have been the month it's before last. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, one-on-ones are fun. I actually enjoy them a lot because it's... Yeah. No, not that any of the other episodes are stressful, but it's just nice to... Relax a bit, you know. Take your clothes off and just kind of... Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely do that. It's like you get home and you kick off your shoes. It's just like... You just chill. You relax. Yep. But... I have my cigar. I have my monster. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Could it be our venom sauce from Steve's oh, Sanctuary? Oh, man. I wish we had some venom sauce. I'd be chowing down on some of that because it's so gosh darn delici- Could delicious. Could it be a racker cage What from MP Cages and Exotics? A racker cage? From who? MP Cages and Exotics. Whoa. Who's that? He's our other sponsor. Both are awesome. I need to get in touch with Sean soon. Yeah. So. I texted him the other day just to say, hey, see what's up, what's going well, on Well, I'm trying to sort of plan ahead. I'm going to need some bigger cages eventually. Oh, yeah. I feel like those Jance and I that I'm hopefully getting next month, uh, I'm going to need bigger cages for those probably sooner rather than later yeah, just because they're a species that appreciates space. Are they bigger as it is? Or? They're just big species. Yeah, I mean, like, but are they big currently? I don't think so. Okay. I got pictures of the setups, and I want to say they were like 18 by... I'd have to look. I don't remember. Do we need to turn the fan down? What? Yeah. I don't think so. No? you just saying that because you don't want to turn it down? I mean, I can turn it down if you want me to. You like to be cool? I mean, yeah, it's pretty hot, but it I mean, does, I can turn it's it. It's better. I mean, it's not great. Oh, yeah, no, it's 10 times better. You at least get some airflow in here, and yeah. that's the mic I'm worried about picking it up, because that yeah. mic's way more sensitive than this one. I, I can, like, scoot over to the side of the table if you want. <clears throat> don't worry about it. Okay. I think it's okay. You want me to go turn it down? I don't, I don't hear it as much. I hear the cicadas more than... I hear the cicadas more, and I couldn't hear the cicadas in the phone, okay. so... 
Perks of living in the South. And like I said on Snakes and Stogies the other night, I make no apologies. You're just going to have to deal with the background noise. It's friggin' hot. Yeah. Here in South Carolina. And that's what happens when it's hot. Cicadas just... June through August, it's just brutal. And even into, like, September. Yeah. It goes for a while. It doesn't actually cool down until, like, late October. Yeah. If that. Even then, we still get... Dude, we get hot days in December. Are you kidding me? There was a Christmas, it was, like, 80 degrees. Yeah, it was, like, 75. Yeah. I walked outside, I was like, what the hell? I don't know about last Christmas. Was it that warm last Christmas? It was warmer. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember a couple years ago. It was literally it was like hot. 77 degrees outside yeah. on Christmas Day. It was like this yeah, is outside weird. shorts and a t-shirt. Hadn't, hadn't witnessed that since like living in Hawaii. Yeah. So. Sunny <laughs> and 75. No thanks. But Daytona's coming up. Yeah. I'm super pumped. So. I'm already. I've got my room thing figured out. Nice. Is the fam going? No. No. Uh. no. Um, mostly just because Katie knows that I'll be like she'd be pretty much doing her own thing most of the time because I'm gonna be busy schmoozing and socializing and right all that stuff. Um, but her birthday is also coming up, so we're I think we're gonna try and get like a long weekend in, just go somewhere. I don't know where, but I hear you. Then we have you know each other's undivided attention. So nice, that'll be fun. I'm very excited. I'm taking four days off. Thursday through Sunday. Nice. Oh, yeah. Are you going to be in Daytona that whole time? Like, are you going up know. early or? I know, like, I'll be there Friday for sure. Oh, yeah. Are you going up Thursday? Thursday, I might make a stop. I don't know yet. Down in, in the Melrose area. Uh, Maybe. I hear you. Don't know yet. Don't know what's happening. All this all this COVID stuff has got everything squirrely. It's nonsense. And me and Phil were talking about it. even if they canceled Daytona, like I'd still go down there and just sit around and smoke cigars all day with him. <laughs> like I'd still just go down there to hang out. And I feel like a lot of other people would too, you yeah. know, if if they were like the show's not happening. People would still be like, Well, I got the tickets, I got the time off. Go Screw it. Let's yeah. Just go hang out. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that you? I don't know. I didn't touch no. anything the first time it happened, so. Hmm. But what else is, what's what's going on? What's new? Anything new happened over the last week? The last week? No, baby's eight yet again. So far, I'm like 4-0 with feedings, so. Or four, or That's cool. Four for four, I guess. They've all, every single one has eaten every time I've offered food, so. It's bound to happen when you got the easiest snakes possible, huh? Yeah. The corn snakes of the carpet world. Call them what you will. Of the carpet world or the Morelia world? Because most carpets are pretty much like that. The Morelia world. It's better. Basic bitch. <laughs> At least I don't look like one. I do. I, I Mr. trimmed my beard Mr. too much. Trimmed beard. It's it's coming back already, but before, yeah. you know, I was like, I looked in the mirror after I was done. I was like, what fuck, <laughs> like, man, yeah. trimmed it too short. Now I look weird. Um, the next issue of the magazine shall be released um, within the next couple of days. Hoping to have it pretty much sewn up. And then we decided after the last issue 
that we're going to start taking an extra like day or two just to really go over everything, make sure there's no errors, because I swear to God, if I put out an issue and then I see Riley's name pop up on my messenger like 30 minutes after it's been released, I'm going to I'm gonna flip. Riley's got the eagle eye, dude. Catches it, man. Every time I see Riley's name mm-hmm. pop up right after an issue gets put out, and I'm like, Damn. I looked everywhere. I looked high and low. <clears throat> what the hell? Riley's like, dude, check out page 20. It's because like Second at that paragraph, I'm like, oh my God. At that point, I'm sure you had read through it so many times. That's, that's the problem. And it's like, you're kind of just skimming everything yeah. fast. No, I like, I'm the only one since I'm the one doing the design and stuff. I look at that whole issue for like a month as I'm making it. Yeah. So the last thing I want to do is go back through, go through it and again. read it all again. Yes. And like I read the articles as they came in to make sure everything's grammatically correct and all that stuff. You know, went through it and made sure everything was kosher there. But <clears throat> sometimes when you're designing and you're copy and pasting paragraphs and stuff, you realize you duplicated a column and didn't swap out the content when you're taking it from the document into the program. And <sighs> we're getting better. Yeah. And then I figured out the MagCloud problem. So I don't know if you saw the Chondro issue, but it got cut off. Like the first like letter or two of each line yeah, got cut off that. on the side. And so I messaged MagCloud. And I guess I'll go ahead and explain this for everybody. Because I had a lot of people asking questions about it. It was a battle with MagCloud, first of all. They don't email you back quickly. I literally had to message the parent company that owns them is Blurb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to message Blurb's Facebook page and be like, can someone email me back? Here's my ticket number. I haven't heard anything from anybody. I emailed you literally like a week and a half ago, and I've gotten a reply. And they're like, oh, well, due to COVID, you know, response times are higher. I'm like, oh my God. you're a digital magazine. How, like, magazine service. Like, How what's different now? How does that have any now? bearing on you, <laughs> t- you emailing me back? It's everybody's excuse right now for everything, man. Something goes wrong. Oh, COVID, man. So I emailed them because after looking at my copy... I was like, that looks like it literally got printed crooked. Like, just slightly crooked. Like, the paper went in at a slight angle, and it printed, right? So I messaged them, or emailed them, and said, here's what I'm dealing with. They said, okay, send us pictures. So I had some people send me pictures of their copy, uh, David Brahms being one of them, and mm-hmm. I sent it to them, and I said, here's the, here's the problem. And I said, I'm using your template that you sent for to use InDesign. So basically, you, you use their template. All the margins and crop and stuff like that for print are exactly where they need to be for their website <clears throat> so they're like oh okay and they came back and basically said um, yeah it is a little cut off but it's still your fault <laughs> because we checked it on our end and you're outside of the margins or in, yeah you're outside the margins basically so I was like okay and so then I went through and like did it again not did it again but um with this new issue, the, like the first couple pages, mm-hmm. I was like, before I go and finish this whole damn thing and put it into their website, let me check and see if it's doing that again, like cutting mm-hmm. things off just slightly. Mm-hmm. And I put it in there, and it was. This is still double-checking everything that they, they provided to use for their website. Mm-hmm. <sighs> catch my breath. Uh, on a roll. Yeah. And so I messaged them because I was I sent them screenshots of everything. I was like, "I'm using your template. This is what's happening." And so the guy was like, "Okay, well, you know, are your margins and your bleed this, this, this? These numbers that you input mm-hmm. when you're doing it?" And I said, "I went and double checked 
Because it could have totally been me. Yeah, right. I screenshotted it. I said, here's what I'm using. Here's what's happening. And the guy's like, okay, well, let me check with our uh, our developer, and I'll get back to you. So, like, four days goes by. I have to message their Facebook page again, saying, still haven't heard back from Homeboy. I think his name's, like, Dylan or something. I don't know. That's just what it says in the email. <coughs> and, uh... I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going on. Because originally I was like, can you guys either refund or replace? Because a ton of people bought that issue, dude. I mean a ton. And here's, like, what people, just full disclosure so people realize. When we sell on MagCloud, like, issues cost 18 bucks shipped. Mm -hmm. We make 80 cents. So we're not making money on this thing, really. Like, Jeez. you have an issue as far as that. You have to talk to MacLeod because they're the ones that are printing and making money, but we're the ones that get the flack for it because people think, I guess, we have some sort of control. Like, Jeez, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, guy finally emails me back. He's like, well, are you using the export settings on InDesign? And I went back, like, export settings for that template because mm-hmm. I guess there's, like, a, setting, a setup template where basically it just gives you the page sizes and stuff, but then when you export it, you have to also export it under, under that template. <coughs> so I went and double-checked and did that with the little test pages, and it's fine. So that was the problem. Hmm. It was me. Um, it's been... I Because even, like, Ian... I had, like, two or three people that are like, I can't get a hold of MagCloud. I can't... Like, they don't have a phone number... They don't have nothing. Like, you want to get a hold of them, you literally have to, like, hunt them down on Facebook, email them, Jeez, double check man. that they got the email. Like, it's it's supposed to, it's like a Hewlett Packard company, too. Like, HP owns Blurb and MagCloud, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, y'all make computers. How, how is this? <laughs> how, why is this so difficult? Yeah. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> Now, every issue, me and Billy inch closer and closer to having this all, like, dialed in. (laughs) And good to go. Um, But, yeah, so hopefully that won't be a problem, an issue with this next issue. Hey. Um, But we'll be at Daytona. We were going to try and vend for the magazine, Hmm. but we were too late getting a table. Wayne Hill and those dudes put out a thing saying we have 20 tables left and we were like yeah we'll hit them up tomorrow or like in two days and they were like dude those were gone that same day jeez so, man I think they're completely sold out on tables so that's good I mean that's a good sign like yeah from what I understand they're not limiting the number of people going in at a time um so I don't know I'm I'm excited to go I'm pumped for it yeah, I hope I'm able to make it. It's kind of up in the air for me right now. It's it's really going to depend on my work schedule because I'm getting a, hopefully starting a new job soon or a new position at my current job, I should say. You've been saying that hopefully. for like two months. You getting it or not? I don't know, man. It hasn't even been a month since I've applied. Douche. It may have been close to a month. They take forever, man. It sucks. But hopefully. this was, Dude, this was a job I was up for like two years ago. Okay, like, trust What me. happened to the guy that took it then? Nobody took it then. They oh, just dropped it. They I didn't. Gotcha. They now didn't they're like, oh, wait, we need somebody. No, somebody else left. Oh, okay. So they're filling his spot. Because, gotcha. like, originally this girl that worked there, she left, and I applied for her job because they posted it, and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's not in the budget. So they just dropped it, and I was like, it's okay, just, that's it's cool. It's just like a management position. Yeah. It's not important, right? Like, what? It's just... <laughs> A leadership it's position, not, it's, not it's not no really, big deal. It's not a management position. It's like a, it's like a 
above what you're doing now. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'll be an inspector. You know, I'll inspect. I I would inspect uh, construction yeah, sites for stormwater BMPs. But um, you dug that hole too deep. Yeah, basically. So, but yeah, so they just dropped that, didn't fill it. But then somebody else left, so I applied for that. So. So it's kind of going to be up in the air on that if I can go and, you know, because I'll probably, I don't know if I'll be on probation again or not. Well, that's why you say, I want this job, but I have a wedding to go to in August and it's my stepsister's best friend's cousins and it's very important. Yeah. I'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we'll see. I might, I might try and sneak down there. I mean, who knows? Again in a day. On Saturday. No, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> if I if I if I can't at least stay one night, then I'm not. No, I'm not gonna do it. It's brutal, man. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can go Saturday morning, go to the show, and then like the next day go around and do some photography somewhere or something. Like but stay Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Do the show. Do the show Saturday. Hang out with everybody afterwards, and then. Do some stuff around town Sunday. You could have just asked me to do it. I didn't want you to have to get out of your seat. Well, thanks, man. Best co-host of all time. That's right. But, uh, you know, as far as new things, I mean, nothing really new going on with me. Everybody's just eating the, the mom from, uh, this year has recovered well. She ate her first large rat since she's uh, dropped. So I've been feeding her mediums, kind of slowly getting her back up. And then I gave her a large the other day, and she crushed it. So back up to swing and rolling. Already thinking about next year's pairings. Babies are growing. All that good stuff turned out pretty cool. So what's new with you, buddy? Besides getting black-tailed Cyan. rat snakes. Oh, yeah, you paired up cyanide. I did, and hopefully something happens with that. I mean, they were locked good for several hours multiple times. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if I don't get something out of that. Even if it's just, like, slugs or something, I don't know. She's a young female, she's a small female, but we'll see. Yeah. Baird's eggs are supposed to hatch in. Oh, that's right. That's soon, soon. We're inside of two weeks now. Inside two weeks. Because, hey, that should be about a week or less than two. Eight days. Oh, man. I thought it was like 14 or 12. I was like, I got time. Eight days. I got a countdown app. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know exactly what's going to come of that. Three of the eggs are looking really rough. Um, Three out of five? Three out of five. One of the two good ones is kind of looking like it's starting to go downhill yeah. and then one is looking pretty okay so i don't know yeah i did like an idiot as of a couple of days ago cut some of that light diffuser because they were sitting in vermiculite right mm-hmm. so i was like man these ones are going bad maybe like they're not getting enough oxygen or something like whatever mm-hmm. so i was like i'll put them on egg crate so i put them on egg crate and i like i wonder if doing that jacked them up somehow i don't i mean they're colubrid eggs it shouldn't yeah i don't know if it was because of me or if it was just something that wasn't meant to be in the first place but i did put some springtails in the in the egg box really <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. and they i see them crawling all over the eggs all the time so i'm hoping like i'm actually interested to see if i do that at the beginning 
if that'll make a difference in terms of like mold and and like them basically keeping the eggs clean i never thought about something like that keeping eggs clean um garrett hartle did a video at one point or something about it and then they were talking about it on phelan's podcast not that long ago i think maybe it might have been lewis's Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i don't know it was interesting i got springtails i know they're like they're not gonna hurt anything they don't right they don't eat anything except you know decay so that might be better like if you get enough in there that might be better than like foot powder yeah i honestly like i didn't it's the perfect environment for them yeah and like foot powder kind of scares me i know we i know we did it last year and it didn't really cause any issues but i don't know something about that worries me i mean this year i had i had one egg go bad during incubation and it, it got all kinds of moldy i mean i didn't do anything i just let it ride and all the other eggs hatched out just fine. Um, no yeah. issues. I'm so. curious about about the springtails, and then I'm also I know Joe Phelan also he does he incubates in sphagnum a lot. Yeah, I've seen which that. I'm actually curious to try because that's naturally like antimicrobial, mm-hmm. like naturally microbe resistant. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know why, but mm. I'd be interested to try that too. <laughs> and I feel like that's nice because it's it's got enough airflow in it. But it's also spongy enough to where if you, like, cradled it around eggs, you wouldn't have to worry about them rolling. Like, you wouldn't have to put toothpicks or straws in the light diffuser to keep the eggs from moving. Right. Like this, you could just literally, like, create a little nest, but there's still enough airflow going around the egg. So, I don't know. There's stuff I'm going to experiment with. I still want to try that aquatic plant soil that I used for crested eggs. Mm-hmm. So, if when I get another Baird's Clutch, I might give that a shot. I might take, like, one egg one or two mm. set it in that and if it, if it looks like it's not doing hot pull it out and put it in something else something better right <laughs> yeah gotta experiment experiment sometimes to you know find out what works best i really want to get some um egg boxes set up from uh with brahms his, his little uh egg box stuff he's not his doing those kit. he's not doing those no oh i thought he was selling them no but you know what i It's ah. a good size, right? Yeah, I like that. Not too big, not too small. Got at Wally World. Yeah. Huh. I dig it. You can get a three pack of them. I think it's like the only eight bucks. The only thing I think would be hard would be getting the plastic over it. You'd have to use two pieces. Would you what not? Do you mean? Remember how? Do you not? Are you not putting plastic underneath no, the lid? No, no, oh, I'm not okay. doing that method anymore. Oh, okay. I'm ditching that. It's like vermiculator spag now. I'm not. The whole overwater thing wasn't a fan. Really? Yeah. What did you do with yours? Overwater did this you? year. This yeah. time? How to find hatch rate. Right? I mean, a big part of that was uh, the egg box I was using that first time. It was that shoe box. Right. With the lid that's like super loose. Flappy, yeah. Yeah, there's no seal on it whatsoever. Mm. Um, so I'm using this for like colubrids and stuff. I was about to ask if you're using that for chondro eggs. Yeah, that's the kind of tub I was thinking about getting for for yeah for uh, carpet eggs. And it's bigger. Yeah, you know I feel like it's easier to sort of maintain. Oddly enough, and I think this is true with aquarium stuff. Mm. The bigger tank, the bigger the tank, the easier it is to maintain at a constant. Yeah, like it's easy easier mm. to regulate. Right. 
Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, in a smaller box, it goes to, like, extremes. Like, it's either either too much or it's too little. Right. Well, it's e- actually, I think it's more of just, it's easy to do too much. It's easy to be too humid. It's easy to not have enough airflow. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <coughs> yeah. Experiment. I want to find out. I, I think next season I want to do um, the uh, vermiculite and then use light diffuser over the vermiculite because I don't like them sitting in it you know I don't I, I don't really like that yeah, sitting in it it's just something about them and like I, another I, option would be to do vermiculite and then do a layer of the spag on top yeah that was that. the other thing I was I was just or thinking or light while diffuser we were in between the two anything to just get air yeah flow, I, know, I mean under them is even my thing. yeah even then you could use the light diffuser or, or use the uh, vermiculite on top light diffuser for the eggs and then put the spag around the kind of around the eggs ish in fact i'd actually be curious if you did almost like a false bottom like with the dart tanks mm-hmm. like fine just pea gravel or something mm-hmm. uh like the the the, the screen mm-hmm. your vermiculite and then spag on top <clears throat> i feel like if you just did like rocks like the like some type of pebble or rock with the water in it. I think that would actually work pretty well. Just keep it over like it, that's it ba- what people do with perlite. It basically it basically be you know holding it over water, but it's in well. That that's case, the thing. If you did water. it with them sitting in vermiculite or, or spag, mm-hmm. all that extra water has somewhere to go at least. So like the substrate they're sitting in isn't constantly yeah. drenched. Oh, so it takes I from see being, what you're saying. Yeah. You do like the you do the false bottom, and then you don't. I got you. And then all that extra water has just kind of go. goes somewhere. Yeah, I hear. I hear you. I don't know. It's stuff to experiment work. with. And but I'm, could I'm, it? But could it dry out faster that way? No, I mean if that box you is don't sealed, think so. spag holds water really well, and in, in yeah. a container especially, like if you leave it out, obviously it dries out within you know a day or two. But I think in a container. Mm-hmm. With that much humidity and stuff in an incubator, I don't think you'd have any problems. I use uh for nest boxes. I use the orchid moss from uh, Lowe's. Yeah, that's the same stuff that I use. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because okay. Katie Gate has like that bag of that. She's like, "You want this?" I was like, "Hell no!" I was like, "Look at that, dude. That's yeah. gross. That's like C quality spag. Spag matters." Yeah. And that that orchid whatever that the best. I, is that the is it the same as it's sphagnum moss yeah. just you know they call it something different five dollars at least yeah the stuff that one that brick lasts bomb. a minute too yeah man and they, it, I filled I filled a thirty two quart nest box with probably half. little little over half because mm-hmm. I filled it up a good ways but enough for her to get completely under it to where I couldn't see she had eggs so but on the subject of experimenting yes I was talking to Sir Brahms today he's talking to me and Luke actually I'll, I'll read these text messages um, he found some bee pollen powder right uh, and he's talking about supplementing his feeders with it uh, for his chondros he said the chameleon people have been using this uh, a bunch and apparently it works well plus it's natural um, and so I asked what it did for chameleons and he said, apparently it's packed with vitamins and minerals of all different sorts. Uh, and then he sent me this text that talks about it. it says, bee pollen as a supplement and remedy. A couple of years or even months ago, a big surprise was to talk about pollen 
Nowadays, bee pollen is a standard daily part of, of the diet for chameleons in captivity, same as the wild, and a regular part of, supplementa- of the supplementation schedule. Side by side to calcium powder, vitamin D3, and multivitamin mixtures. Uh, he said it was a king fight, and still there, and still there are groups of people that falsify research and speak against. But the majority is already on the side of pollen, which is a natural part of the chameleon diet, and improves significantly the wellness of chameleons in captivity as a complex supplement. Many keepers and breeders reported after the start of enrichment of the food with pollen, a general improvement in, if, in fitness, resistance to diseases, and even healing properties, especially against bacterial and fungal infections and parasites. Uh, so, then it goes into talk about actual bee pollen. Uh, it's a substance that has the same general composition all around the globe, roughly 40 to 60% sugars, and the rest is a mixture of almost any nutrient you can think of, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, trace elements, and many other vital substances, including natural antibiotics. Uh, and it says, yet, regardless whether we talk about the pollen collected by beekeepers or the one uh, that contaminates the bodies and guts of pollinators, the detailed composition of its of it is quite variable and varies based on geography. Uh, so geography, altitude, I believe that says biome, season, pollution. Uh, then it goes on to talk about the different forms it comes in. And then he sent me something else that talks about it. It says, what is the composition of bee pollen? Bee pollen contains at least... Uh, 22 amino acids, 18 vitamins, 25 minerals, 59 trace elements, 11 enzymes and coenzymes, 14 fatty acids, 11 carbohydrates, natural antibiotics, potent antioxidants, sugars up to 40%, proteins up to 40%, and it provides nutrition, it provides vitamins, it provides important elements, it provides important minerals, it provides important amino acids, therefore it boosts immunity, it builds resistance to diseases, and it provides a natural antibiotic shield against diseases. Hmm. Uh, and then Brahms went on to make a good point of saying uh, he would bet money that, they're a natu- that their natural prey consumes a lot of pollen, either directly or indirectly. And so naturally, like, chameleons would take in those kinds of things and, and reap the benefits of it. Right. <laughs> so it's stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I mean... Like, we as snake people... I feel like we don't we don't look at the stuff other other corners of the hobby are doing and think how can I apply that to what we're doing? Yeah, it's like you don't see many people calcium dusting rodents. You know. It's 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 stuff like that, you know. I did it with my female bears after she laid. Oh yeah. Just cuz everything I read was like give them extra calcium, you know, before and after and I'm like they were saying use like liquid calcium in their water I'm like the water would dissolve those molecules would be almost useless hmm. like the water would dissolve the calcium right so it's like why so I just I started doing uh, like powdering the back end of the, the mouse with some just repa- uh, not repashy but uh, I did repashy calcium plus and then I did the repcal calcium with D3 I think it's not like the powder yeah yeah, yeah. so it's interesting to think about um, I think it's definitely something worth looking into and sort of experimenting, like especially if you have younger snakes. For sure. You know, have one that's on a supplemented diet and then have one that's not and sort of compare. See how they do. Um, 
I don't know. I thought it was cool because I mean I know bee pollen is like a big thing as far as supplements for people, like how, vitamin how supplements. You, how do you get bee pollen? I I, I've know. never heard of. Do you get it in a liquid and inject no, it's it into a, powder. a rodent? Okay. So that's what huh. that's what David talked about when he supplements his uh, mice for his chondros. Is he takes like Pangea, Rapashi, Crested Gecko diet, mm-hmm. and coats? Uh, I want to say like the back half, like I was doing with that because that has a bunch of the minerals and vitamins in the right ratios for, right. for cresteds. Um, and so he was doing that with some of his babies and stuff and his adult females. And I, I don't think he's done it long enough to have a f- concrete answer as to whether it really helps or not. Um, I could really see it being beneficial for fresh babies that are still on pinkies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Since the pinkies are so useless think about in my that opinion. Combined with the cutting you get some jacked babies, dude. <laughs> Those things would be... They'd look like freaking yearlings in the first, like, six months. They'd just be built, dude. Do it. Cut them open and shove some rapashi in that. But he, he... Yeah, well, he did do the... He did supplement some of the babies. And I think he had a better time sort of getting them going, like getting them off the ground, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um... And I'm sure, like those, those that boost in vitamins and stuff probably definitely had an effect. I would think. Yeah. But I think of supplementation more in terms of like laying females. Right. Like, I don't see anything wrong with supplementing, you know, no, every meal not. or every other meal, with some calcium plus. Just. Yeah. Almost like you're breading chicken, you know, when you're frying chicken, <laughs> you just like the back yeah. half of the mouse just blop blop blop. Yep. And they'll never even know it happened. Yeah. So yeah, I just, no, I mean, need to, I especially, think. you know, females that are laying, man, they put so yeah. much calcium into those yeah. eggs, man. I mean, I think yeah. you're, you're taking off a, Jesus, I think you're taking off a lot of the physiological load. Yeah. Like when you're restoring that calcium or when you're giving it before they're going into lay, you're taking that toll. Like their body isn't having to use so much of their own calcium now, mm. you know, like right. I, if I recall and I could be completely wrong, someone can correct me. But laying females, that calcium comes from their skeletal structure, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they use calcium. Like, they draw calcium from their own bodies mm-hmm. to go into egg production. Right. So, I mean, if you're giving it to them before or after they lay, I feel like you're making that whole job easier for them. It's easier, probably a faster recovery, you know. I don't know. I, I wish someone would do a study on because I'm actually very curious. Yeah, you just really don't see supplementing like that in snakes, like, at all very often, you know? Yeah, but after talking to David about it, and we did that ChondraCast episode with Ian, um, I did notice a lot of people then started kind of looking into it. Shifting that way. And it's kind of funny that the hobby sort of goes in, like, trends like that. Oh, yeah. Once a couple people start doing it, it's the the next Especially Chondros, though. Oh, yeah. It's like the penny trick. Everyone put Harlan did a post on putting pennies in water bowls. Everyone started putting pennies in water bowls. I didn't like it. I, d- I did try it. I didn't. I, d- I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. Personally, yeah. Right. I don't do it anymore. No, mostly I just because I got tired of having to hunt down pennies and then keep them clean and rotate them and stuff. I was just like, I'll just change the water. Yeah, was, that <laughs> was my thing. Like I just, I just changed the water. <laughs> well, I, it was never meant to be a. 
hey, you only have to change your water like once every other week now. Right. It was more of like this keeps it fresher until you change it again on your regular schedule. Right. I, I would use it as more so something if I'm going to be gone for a week and a half and I know nobody's yeah. going to be there, yeah. then I might throw a penny in there, a clean penny <laughs> in there. And that's but, a pre-1982 <clears throat> penny. Yes, if anybody's wondering. Don't just go don't throw on a 2004 penny. or anything later because yes. that's all that's copper-coated zinc. That's not pure copper. Yeah. Don't think that's going to help. No. Or some people just get copper wire and throw a little piece of wire in there. But I'm trying to think. There was another little, like, trend recently, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm struggling. Um, I can't remember. Oh, injecting mice with water. I've heard of that. Yeah, but, like, I've, you I've clearly, there was clearly a spike of, like, I don't remember who talked about doing it. And, I mean, I've done it for snakes that I feel like really needed it. Um, there was just a very big spike in people all of a sudden in the chondro world going, like, oh, I'm injecting my prey items with water to help them hydrate. I'm like, yeah. and now it's kind of, like, you don't really hear about it anymore. It was, it was like, came and gone within, like, two weeks or a month. Right. It was, like, a thing, and then it wasn't. Yeah. Hello. Oh. Well, all right. Yeah. So I really like. I kind of like the idea of going and reading stuff about chameleons, or going on some of these forums for monitor lizards or other stuff, and looking at what people are doing and saying, "Can I take that and use it for what I'm doing?" You know. I'm drinking his water. Sorry, I'm just just uh, hydrating. Quenching his thirst. Let me yeah. inject you with water. I think Billy, uh, um, what's the word? I just, he jinxed me. Yeah, I lost my train of thought there. I think Billy jinxed me the other day. He's talking about his kidney stone thing. I started getting a little little kidney stone pain today. Oof. I'm feeling it. I, I don't. I don't think it's full on. And normally, I take care, know how to take care of these things when they start to happen. But I know, I know the pain all too well, and uh, started feeling a little bit today. And I'm like, oh boy, I drank more water today than I have ever. I before. actually feel bad about that because, like, I was messaging him because it was the other night when me and Phil were doing snakes and stogies. So I was like, hey man, you want to come on? He's like, oh, I can't, man. He's like, I got kidney stones. <laughs> I was like, what are you, ninety? He's like, no. He's like, actually, I was about to go to the hospital. Like, it hurts. I was like. Okay. No, dude. Like, like, like an <laughs> dude, it, it, that that shit is no joke, man. Like, I I I had to go to the hospital both times for mine. I was just laughing because he's like, I can't, man. I got kidney stones. It's, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you laugh. You laugh until you get one. You drinking all that monster, no, boy. Dude, you go. You, you gotta go understand. Get a kidney stone. I drink these and I drink water. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah. I drink. Probably half a case of water at work every day. Yeah, well, that's good. like I flush myself out pretty well yeah. if I do say so right, myself. Right. So, yeah, man, that was my problem with staying after, hydrated. After talking about like Billy talking about that and stuff, I was like, you know, the only reason I probably don't have those now is because I drink so much water. Probably, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is dehydration. That's why I was getting them, you know, for the when I had them my second. I think it was my second time. Um, I was working, I was doing landscape, you know, 40 hours a week and it was a hundred degrees out and I literally a gallon of water wasn't enough. 
Like my doctor told me I had to drink more than a gallon of water a day and I didn't have yeah. enough time to drink over a gallon a day. I couldn't even finish a gallon. So I just got so dehydrated from sweating so much and kidney stone. Gatorade. Yeah. That doesn't really help keep you hydrated though. Gatorade. Yeah, I never really understood the whole it, it, like I feel like it all it made me feel thirstier. Yeah, that and that's the point. It 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 makes you drink more. Yeah, you're giving me sh- like salts that my body needs, but at the same time, you're giving me salts and I'm thirsty. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that, and that's the point. Like you're, it's supposed to make you drink more. So then, that's what he told me. He's like, don't. He's like, the, what you need to drink is water and lemonade. Lemonade apparently is the best for kidney stones. So Billy, if you're listening, drink some lemonade. Hmm. I'm not kidding. It, 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 like real lemonade, not like none of that fake, none of that fake stuff. Powdered tang. No, stuff. like actual lemonade. Make like the lemonade. the stuff in the lemons keeps your body hydrated longer. Like they make like hmm. little lemon pills to help you stay hydrated. I did not know that. I also have these like little natural. It's like an all natural. Like it comes in a bag. It looks like a condom. Looks like a condom bag, but it's got all these little beads in it, like little itty bitty tiny beads, and there's like twenty of them. And I eat those things. I swallow them water, and it breaks up kidney stones. It's like yeah. an all natural thing. But yeah. Now people are gonna start giving their chondros lemon pills to make <laughs> sure they stay hydrated. Longer. You know, it, hey, it's something that could work. You never know, man. Could help keep them hydrated longer. But it also could keep them. You ever wonder what would happen if you gave one of your snakes a hydroxy cut? A what? A hydroxy cut. What is that? Those weight loss pills that are like no, they're caffeine. It's not like you look at the active ingredients. Like that's it's all caffeine. It's just caffeine pills. Imagine if you gave a black racer that. Dude, it would probably just die. (laughs) I feel like it would just freeze, and then you'd wonder why it's not moving. And as soon as you touch it, it's like. Everything was going too fast. I'm sure that would happen with any snake, though. Or just disappeared. Give it like, just caffeine. blinked and went into another just dimension. Just gone. <laughs> it moved so fast. The speed of light. Yeah. Yeah, no. Kidney stones are uh, no joke. I feel like we were talking about something before we got on the subject, though. What was it? Just the fa- the fads. The fads? The trends. Oh, yeah. But you also... Like, you had talked about... Because I'm actually kind of proud of us that we actually have something to talk about. Yeah. Things to talk about this yeah, time. Because I feel actually, like the last one-on-one one, yeah. I was like this. It was a bit of a train wreck. But it was hard because it was over the phone and it was amidst all the COVID shit. And, you know, I, yeah. It was, it was it like was an hour. Rough. It's like, cool, we're done, bye. It was barely an hour. Yeah. But I mean, realistically, it's not that that much less than what we normally do. But And I'm actually curious to hear other people's thoughts on this. So feel free to message me or us and Jake said why do we not hold bigger names to a higher standard like YouTubers and stuff like that first of all what is your definition of a like a pet tuber because I feel like technically if you wanted to think about it anybody with a channel that talks about like what Riley does like mm-hmm. is Riley a pet tuber am I a pet tuber is our channel pet tubing I feel like technically, yeah, by definition, I never thought you could about it like that. that. I mean, I yeah, I, th- I think pretty much everybody's looked at it as people who just have a bunch of animals that are just pets and they just make videos about them. It's nothing. It's, you might learn about the animal, learn about the care, but it's nothing like breeding wise. And I think that's the biggest. You know, realistically, no, I don't think you're that far off by saying anybody who does videos 
with their animals is a sort of pet tuber but i think the to the general public when you say pet tuber, well general public our general public when you say pet tuber it's somebody who just has a bunch of pets and makes videos about said pets um, i mean i guess you could say anybody who does videos on cars even you know whether it's just like them driving them or them actually showing you how to fix things like they could be considered like a car tuber yeah, and that's so just on just on the basis of the content that it surrounds. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I guess you could consider it that, but yeah. I don't consider Riley to be a pet tuber. Like, no, I don't, I don't either. My stuff to be pet tubing. Like, yeah, and I mean to be honest, like I've I never really liked the name, like the the phrase pet tuber in general. Even for people I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, they like yeah, they're just pet tubers or whatever. But I don't know. It's just one of those things, I guess. But um, yeah. Like the higher standard thing, though. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I just I. Like where are you at? Like what? What should people? With because I mean I have an idea of what I consider to be sort of a higher standard, and I feel like if you have a large following, be it podcast, YouTube, magazine, whatever, like. I'm of the opinion that you do have some sort of an obligation to put out worthy content and not just sort of like sensationalized Trash. stuff with like zero substance to it. Right. It, you know, I and not I don't know. Every video it's, has to be all business, but right. You know, I I think you know everything should have a little bit of you know comedy to it in a sense. You know, it should be uplifting well, yeah, and enjoyable. If it was all dry. No one. Yeah. Would exactly. But. Yeah, it's the nonsense, I guess, that, I don't know, and it's like, it's, we're speaking from our, you know, I guess, uh, preference, Yeah. in a way, you know, because some people may not like what we like, so to some people, those those videos that we find annoying are amusing. Yeah, but I, f- so no, because I feel like a large majority of the people that really like hardcore follow a lot of those videos and not all of them but a very large chunk mm-hmm. I'd say are probably people that aren't really in the hobby like they see a, a yeah a, they're most so more so just in it for the like they the, see the entertainment the, yeah, of it they, like they're fascinated they'll never own a snake they're terrified of them but for some reason they love watching somebody they play love, with them and like they love on your face and they love ah, watching so a guy crazy. have 20 foot retakes fall from the sky and land nice. on him you know Whatever. I don't even know what happened. What it, I don't even, was that a thing? Oh yeah, I mean they not actually fell from the sky, but like a massive enclosure with like twenty retakes, and then ones are literally falling from the top of the enclosure on top of them. I must have missed that one. I don't like to name names on the show, but <coughs> Jay Brewer. <laughs> what? His name rhyme with Shay Brewer. Shay Shewer. I I don't have a comment for that. But no, yes. Um, so, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like that stuff kind of drives me mad. The thing that really, I guess the thing that kills me for a lot of the, the videos that I see, it's like for the content that you're trying to achieve, you are stressing out an animal tremendously. And that's where I, I have the biggest issues. It's like, you know, do, do what you will with yourself and to yourself. But when you bring an animal into it and, you know you're using Respect it just you're animal. yeah you know you're just using it to get views you're just using it for you know to get likes whatever it's i think that's wrong you know you're you're 
that animal doesn't have a choice in the matter because you're forcing it on them. And I, yeah, and I have heard that being the case where people like they're just they're buying. And I, like I said, not to speak in absolutes, because I don't know how big of an issue this is, but people going and buying a croc monitor, they're like, man, this will really, this will really do well. You know, they're completely ill-equipped to have it. They don't have the space or anything like that. They end up getting crutch-fielded by it, and <laughs> it's. But they did it just because they know, yeah. like, people are gonna love this. And it's like, forget the fact that I can't. It's gonna eat me out of house and home. Right. Like, I don't have the space it, for it. The, it's going to be a handful. It's a like, shock factor. Yeah. It's, you know, I, and I'm I, sure that exists. I actually, I, I read a comment today similar to something like that. Um, somebody commented on a post and said something about along those lines with Bolins. Like, you see a lot of people with one Bolins because yeah. of just, just to have it. The rarity. You know, the shock factor yeah. of, of it being there, but they're, they have this, this, animal that's you know a handful of people are really trying to master but you're not putting the time and effort into doing that you just have the animal to say you have a Boland's python and i could and it's along kind of that same realm you know with something like a like a croc monitor you know um the guy but, who doesn't know anything about cars or how to drive them this is the guy that owns the Lamborghini. Exactly. Yeah. That that sits in his garage and he right. takes pretty takes, pictures. Drives of it, it like three days out of the. Year. Exactly. You know, yeah. takes pretty, but he posts a picture of it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's just a really nice paperweight. Exactly. So I, that's the type of that's the type of shit I can't stand. And you know, people hey, doing whatever they do for attention, and if if that's what people want to do, Godspeed. I'm not going to be paying attention to it. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you're going to do venomous stuff, I feel like they especially should be held to a higher standard because it's like, look, dude, when the politicians come knocking on doors saying, yeah, we're looking to, hey, venomous things are starting to be a problem. They go and find a guy who's like across the country. He'll be in like Texas or something. They're like, look at this guy. He's free handling things. And I'm not pointing anybody out in Texas in particular. It's just an example. Um, you know, this guy, look at this guy. Even yeah. if they're, like, say they're trying to pass a law here in South Carolina. Like, well, look at this guy in Texas. Right. Look at how, he's, he got bit because he was doing this. And it's like, yeah. we don't want that in our state. Therefore, nobody can own these things. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you kidding me? That's how it just, it all <laughs> trickles. And first trickles of all, down. I hate free handlers. I feel like their view on the hobby is completely self-centered because they don't think they like if it affects everybody else, it doesn't matter to them. Like they don't care. And I think it was Phil that I think hit the nail on the head. It's like, you know, they all say they do it for, for the, the, you know, it's better for the animals. They do it because they're so in, in tune with, with the animals and stuff. And it's like, okay, I get that. I get that. And if you truly believe that you should be able to say, okay, I'm going to do this on my own time and I'm not going to post about it because this, because this is going to hurt the hobby. Okay. It was Brent. Yeah. So it's like, he said that on the last snakes and stogies episode, we started talking about it again. Yeah. And he was basically saying, if it's not about ego, then you shouldn't be posting it. Yeah, and you should be able to understand that overall this could potentially hurt our hobby like 
mm. badly, you know, over time or you know, it could happen tomorrow, you know, but at, at, at some point it's going, it, it could very well hurt all of us. And it's like, you should be able to understand that and then keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, that's on you. Like at the end of the day, no matter what, like it's your decision to put a venomous snake in your hand without any, you know, equipment. But keep it to yourself if it's truly not about ego then do it in your exactly bedroom what brent That's... said he's like if you're gonna do it no one can stop you he's like but if it is truly has nothing to do with ego or image then you shouldn't be you shouldn't find a reason to post it then everybody's gonna pull the card of oh i'm i'm educating i'm showing that these, right. that you can free handle these animals and they're not mm. monsters like, okay, well, we also talked well. about that aspect the other night because um, Brent's come on twice because the first episode, we literally didn't even get to any of the stuff that Phil had wanted to talk about, about the episode we did with him. Mm-hmm. He Phil had some counterpoints he wanted to bring up to him and talk to him about or get clarification on. So we had him on again the other night mm-hmm. for the second time. And he was talking about that. And he's like, dude, if I was doing stupid shit like that and then I come to find that some kid somewhere got bit and died because they saw me doing it mm-hmm. and so therefore they went to go do it he's like I couldn't live myself like how bad would you feel yeah I'd feel horrible yeah absolutely and and they 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 all act like you know the the disclaimer before don't do what I do this is means dangerous nothing. warning like dude that what does, shut, that's the, not, shut the fuck up you know pardon my French but fuck you dude that's not a legal you know, absolvement no that, that's not a lawyer not, could, could work around that so easily yes it's like this is not that is not how you you do this like I, well that whole conversation came about because Phil was talking about how I don't know someone maybe came into the shop or something and they wanted uh, like an emperor scorpion or some sort of heterometra species, whatever. I don't even think you can mm-hmm. tell anymore. They're just that whole it's, it's <laughs> irrelevant, but it's a mess. Um, some someone was coming in to buy their kid an emperor scorpion because they had been watching a certain individual whose name rhymes with Peyote Jeterson, <laughs> and they wanted to get. They wanted to play with a scorpion and get stung by a scorpion. They wanted to see to how bad it was. Stung by a scorpion. So this lady or someone was coming in to get a scorpion, so that that could happen. Actually, it may not. It might have been Brent talking about it. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and listen to it. It was on the last Snakes and Stogies episode. Christ. That's when that whole conversation started. Of like, I can't in good faith, knowing that someone's going to do that sell them that yeah doesn't mean they're not going to go to somebody else and buy it which they probably will because phil's yeah. talked about that too he was literally vending at a show i want to say it was columbia uh at one point and a lady came up and wanted to buy her kid or grandkid or something a monocle i remember this yeah. yeah and he flat out told her no and she went three tables down and bought one from somebody else which is like you can't do anything about that yeah. but you also like it's out of your hands. At that like, point, I you can't get, really you feel bad live, at that point. You get, like, you, get li- you, do, you get to live with the fact that you didn't just kill a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's just wild, man. And that's like that. I think that peyote Jeterson is a, is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. It's the shock factor, man. That's how we got popular. 
Yeah, I'm, that I'm, that I'm shot good. factor getting bit and stung by these things. Yeah, but if you, you think know, about it, everything that I've seen from him, he's not even getting hit by things that are really all that dangerous. Like, it's all stuff. Like, of course it's going to hurt, but you're going to live through it. Yeah. Like, go grab a freaking Bothrops yeah, and tell me how say, it get feels. You know what I mean? Like, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, why are we why? pissing in the wind? Yeah. Not that he should go out and grab a Bothrops and uh, be like, yeah, oh, dude, this hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, to say that that is for education is like saying yeah. all th- three of the jackass movies should be played in your physics class because they're education. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's actually a perfect example. You know, it's, it's, like saying, it's basically saying I'm educating you on what not to do. So here, like, yeah, okay, let's just watch yeah. jackass all day. This is an educational film for your health class. And it's, you know, Chris Pontius getting bit on the wiener by an yeah. Amazon tree boa. And I mean, it's... it's like That's about as educational as... Yeah. As but it's it it's also kind of sad because the dude does do have the educational side to his stuff because like I have a buddy who was talking about him this was a while ago and he was like yeah he's kind of crazy and it's obviously more for the kids he's like but dude I'm not gonna lie I actually learned a lot from him because he oh he does educate and stuff so it's like I see the good that can be there but it doesn't outweigh like right. the sh- crappiness I'm trying to cuss this. I feel like I swear a lot on the show. Mm, I'm trying to back that up a little, a little bit. It's a slippery but, slope, man. And yeah. I mean, everyone's gonna, everyone's threshold for that is gonna be different. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Don't do drugs. Stay in school, kid. Okay, Dad. When I when I was slippery slope. When I was in a uh, youth group during my senior year because everybody knows I was homeschooled so it's no secret I had a very small graduating class but I did a lot of stuff through uh, through church so that was basically my schooling uh, for a long time and uh, we came up in a youth group and uh, all the seniors had something to say and like I was the last one and uh, they, they had me say something and I just came up and I said stay in drugs don't do school and I walked off Jesus loves you. Peace yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, but, uh, like I was saying, yeah. everyone's threshold for the quote-unquote bullshit is going to be different. To me, I feel like there's a lot of wasted potential with that individual and other individuals. Yeah, and that's large kind of what I was getting like, at. Like, it's a lot of wasted potential. You could you be know? doing so much more, so much better. But at the same time, it's like, how did they get there? Everyone you know loves I mean? David Attenborough. You don't see David Attenborough going out there and fondling crocodiles nuts and like Dave Hoffman. I think he does. Dave you know, who? Hoff- Dave Hoffman, the BMX dude. I think so. Oh, that's Matt Hoffman. No, no, Dave Hoffman, dude. Dave Kaufman. Kaufman. Yeah, yeah Hoffman. I was like Whoa. Matt Hoffman. I was like wow. the BMX guy. Edit that yeah, out. Yeah, no, okay, Kaufman's. No. So Kaufman's what about that guy, Dave prime Kaufman? Example. <laughs> prime example. <laughs> yeah, of somebody who has a very big. Wow, I can't believe I messed up his last name. I, I'm really. I thought I really it was screwed the BMX dude. I know. <laughs> I'm an idiot. That was my fault. Yes, Dave Kaufman. Uh, my apologies. Chicken Vegetas. <laughs> my apologies. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a prime example of somebody. That would be awesome. It would be really awesome to have him on. But he's a prime example of somebody who doesn't do the off the wall, just yeah. 
dumb stuff like his stuff is truly educational and it's really cool the stuff that he he shows well, he kind of does the like the cool <clears throat> combination of like the natural world but then also like the hobby the like, he's at world. shows yeah. and stuff but he's then he's that also happy out in australia yeah yeah he's got the right the right mixture the right combination yeah for sure but i don't know, i mean like steve Irwin. Ugh. and i know Ugh. like i shout out to the king <laughs> he's universally loved I liked him as a kid. I had his action figure with the tiger shark and the scuba gear. Okay. <laughs> I loved Steve Irwin just as much yeah. as every other kid in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. But I mean, if you like, if you completely take away that and you <laughs> look it. at it from the technical, Don't do it. Don't and you look do at it. it from the technical just standpoint, take, 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 take 20 steps back. But, but no, you know what I'm about to say? <laughs> Cause you've said it before. If I you completely separate the art from the artist, the art is a train wreck. Snake-wise. Crocodiles? <laughs> you wouldn't catch me in there doing that shit. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean... Snakes, though, it's like... I did, like, some of the stuff that I did see him do, it was just, like, looking, like, back then, it was like, oh, wow, but now I'm like... He's holding makes it, your buckle pucker like up. Like, You're that, like, oh, like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no. Not speaking ill of the dead by any means. No, nah, but I, but I, if I you can't. Look at it I just I can't I can't agree with it, man. He's he's king. But at the same time, I also wonder. And no, this isn't going to be true. This that's a bad comparison. I was going to say, if you think about it, like musicians who died early, mm. you know, like Dimebag Daryl from Pantera, um, Chester Bennington, not necessarily him, but uh, <laughs> like uh, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Like. Would they still be held in such high regard had they lived until now? Or would they be like ACDC and just hit a point where everything after that is just garbage? I feel like it, instead of dying once they've hit their peak, they should just stop making music. Because, like, death is never fun. No, but, but I you feel see what like I'm saying, you, right? I feel like if you end on the high note, then... Like, would yeah, Kurt Cobain I feel like be as... That depends. As idolized if, if it, he was still around. If he kept making music and it turned to shit, no. Because I don't think he would be. No, I thought you said it. if he kept making music and it went to shit, then no. But if he kept mu- making music and it was amazing, then yes. But if he just stopped and didn't die, if you, die, look, at the, if you yes. look at the track records of a lot of artists, it usually starts to to hit that downward slope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, all bands have that where at some point they're not as good and like I look at the new look at the new tool album that was people waited of, so yeah. long for the album there were so many people excited and it came out and it was and trash like, it wasn't trash it just it, wasn't it wasn't all it was it, hyped up i think to be. it all it got built up a lot which was yeah. part of the problem yeah like, it oh wasn't God, the trash, first album in 13 but, years and then it's like, yeah. like you really got to deliver if you're gonna and take that long to and, put out an album you better make it yeah. one of your best and then it's like you get it and you're like it's not bad you want to like it more but than you do exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but it's not great yeah you know the last Deftones sure. album I'm not even gonna lie it's not my favorite yeah I'm a huge Deftones fan anybody that knows me like I got a tattoo on my arm like it's the first tattoo I ever got that yeah. was the one I, de- I decided years prior like my first tattoo was gonna be a Deftones tattoo Gore is also it's not a bad album but compared to like their previous works and obviously no band is going to be as good as you know their their first three albums first two albums whatever but it's 
uh, it got it, it gets to a point like Metallica, like yeah. hang it up, y'all. You have a legacy. Leave it. Leave it, it be. And that's how. I, how I, that's where I'm at with ACDC. Like, just, dude, they should have. They should have been done. Yeah. A long time ago. Let's just cut the cut this off. Yeah. But the new Deftones album is coming out soon. Hopefully in the fall. It's Terry be garbage. No, Terry Date is producing it. Who produced like their first three albums? Uh, Terry Date does not produce a bad album. I swear to God. He did that. Uh, that Bring Me the Horizon. That Semper Eternal album. Ooh, that he did was that a one. badass. He album. produced that dude. Terry Date. Oh, knows what he's doing. Ooh. Dude, I dude, yeah. I I saw them live when uh, like right around when that album came out. Oh man, so I've never good. listened to them much, but I did listen to that album a lot. There, they bring me the horizon has changed more than just about any band I've been pretty into. Like early, have you, have you ever heard it? Early, bring me the horizon. It's metal as I've listened shit. to pretty much all their albums. Yeah, I just never like was really heavy. Anyway. Heavy, yeah, but like they were so heavy like early days. Yeah, they backed up a little bit. Then Semper Turtle came out, and it was like okay, like this is more of a metal core type thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of cleans with still some. And screams. I like the album that came out after that too. It was like Happy or something like that. Was that the one with the umbrella and the? Yeah, I liked that one. I didn't yeah. mind that album either. But then they had that other one come out after that. Yeah, the and recent. Was like, one, and I was yeah, like, that might be the one I'm thinking rough. of. Then. Yeah, it, they just they they went downhill. They, just, they went high to the right, album. dude. Yeah, they did. Like, they they completely changed. Like if you listen to their first album compared to their last album, you wouldn't know it was the same band. I guess to me, it seems like it's almost kind of devolving. Like, yeah, you had Paramore, and then as time went on. Animorphed into Haley Williams and her band. Same with No Doubt. You had No Doubt, and you had Gwen Stefani and her band. Like it yeah. wasn't about the band; it wasn't about the one person everybody yeah. likes. Yeah, and the people in the background, no one knows the name of. Yep, exactly. What? Well, how did the? What did this have to do with reptiles? We were talking about Steve Irwin. And oh yeah. Is it better to burn out than to fade away? Kind of thing. Yeah. I love Steve Irwin. He did a lot. No one can deny that. But he was reckless as shit. Oh, he was <laughs> reckless as fuck. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody will not say that, but you know, he's he's the godfather. I, I don't like bringing up the holy one cuz I know a lot of people will grab their torches and pitchforks. Oh yeah, they'll be they'll be at your house on the tomorrow, internet, son. Be like, "You're you, how dare you?" But uh, let me see. I also wanted to talk about burnout. So I feel, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a playbook out of the Reptile Gumbo podcast, okay? And I feel like James is gonna gonna yell at me because I'm. Hey, you texted st- me burnout the other day. And I'm I was stealing confused. his content. Not really stealing it. It just had me thinking because it was a good question. Let me find it. <laughs> and we don't even necessarily have to ask the people. I just want. I'm curious on your thoughts. On my thoughts. If you follow, I don't know if you follow them or not, but yeah. Um, so they do like a question of the week every week, mm-hmm. right? And this one was tell us about a time that you felt overwhelmed in the hobby and how you fixed it. And my answer to that was, I feel that 
all the time. Like, I go through serious, like, phases, and not, like, long-term phases, where it's, like, I'm good for a year, and then I have, like, six months of, like, I hate everything and everyone. I mean, we're talking about, like, on a pretty regular basis, I have to delete Facebook off my phone and just take a break, because it's just, the, the, the social media is just getting too much. Right. Especially given the political climate and all that stuff, it gets, it's even more exhausting. But even just in, like, the hobby side of, like, groups and stuff, not that I'm in a lot. And I say that, I feel like I say that every episode. I'm not in a lot of groups, dude. I'm too cool for groups, man. You're a hipster. Uh, it just, it gets exhausting. You know? Yeah. And so my answer was delete social media, especially Facebook. Instagram doesn't seem to be as bad. But like Facebook in particular. Right. I have a very, very large love-hate relationship with. And I think it's completely okay to take a step back, take a little vacation from it all, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, given how much time I spend on it, just with the magazine and the podcasts and, you know, interactions, like, it's not hard to get burnt out on it, especially when you no, consider yeah. the outside things going on. I mean, look at... It's hard for me to compare myself to what you do because I don't even touch as close to the amount of things that you do. You know, I can only imagine. Well, I don't want don't don't give me something because I bring it on myself. Oh yeah, no, I know, <laughs> I, I know. It's one hundred percent your fault. I'm not just like a bystander. Yeah, like, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's one hundred percent you do it to yourself. But it, that's you know that's why I give you the credit that I do because like you you put a lot of like work into into everything and I can only imagine how worn out you get with it you know I don't do that much obviously and I I mean if you if you paid attention to anything that I do I've really backed off on posting yeah. quite a bit and you know it's just I don't know I guess that's kind of part of why I did kind of get overwhelmed with it all you know i started doing it too much and i was too mm-hmm. into it and so i just like took a step back yeah you know, i don't have as many commitments as you do you think about it though you know? it's just we're inundated with so much information on a daily basis even on an hourly basis like when you're not sleeping and you're looking at your phone it's just like yeah it's no wonder everyone gets burnt out this yeah. is like god you're seeing so many opinions and so many articles and headlines and things like that it's like you f- like it, it's overwhelming and it makes you really feel like things are probably worse than they really are mm-hmm. you know like you see just article headlines even though they may not even have anything relevant to what the headline is about you know like oh you know Antarctica's the hottest it's ever been right They're like y- that makes you think like oh shit the world's ending but then you go and read the articles like for an hour Antarctica was was like <laughs> 40 degrees. Yeah. It's the warmest it's ever been. Yeah. It's, like, okay. it's just constantly just inundated. Man. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a big issue is like people just sharing something because they find it interesting and not having any, you know, not knowing if it's actually a legit thing. And, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I'll, I'm guilty of that too occasionally, but I don't, I really don't share much on Facebook. Conservation wise, sometimes I, I share will. memes. Yeah, I don't even because do that. it's like, dude, we have enough, enough drama, enough negativity, enough like stressors going on in front of us. Like right. that's why I want what we do and the stuff I do. I want it to be a break from that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like I hope, and I don't think we've ever really talked politics. 
And I don't know. I don't, really. want it to be, I don't want it, anything I do. I don't want it to be the magazine. I don't want it to be the podcast. I don't want it to be snakes and stogies. I don't want any political stuff on that, really, because it's like you get enough of that everywhere else. I want whatever I put out to be sort of a safe haven from that, in a sense. Yeah. And then, well, I don't know. Like Joe's a good example. Like Joe's sort of been on the political thing with some of his stuff, and I mean that's cool. Like that's 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 his prerogative. That's what he chose to do. Uh, kudos to him because I mean I'm not willing to do that, and it's mostly just because I don't feel like everything needs to be shared. Like. Yeah, I have a platform and I should use it. It's like, but I don't. What if I don't want to? Right. You know, like I'm okay not sharing my political opinions. Like, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to know my political opinions, you can ask me. I may tell you, but for the most part, I keep it pretty close to the chest, unless you're in the group yeah. chat. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Even then, like even in group chats, I'm not. I'm just not a political just, person. I just, I, I don't. I am to a degree, but I don't give it a lot of mental real estate. Yeah, because it's like none of these people are they don't care about us no. you know? it's like why are we giving them so much time and attention when we might as well just not even exist to them but I just I don't feel like it's it's my duty to use my platforms as some sort of like sounding yeah. off <coughs> and I hope people appreciate that like I, I said I, I just want yeah, to be a break from I all the I feel like if you have that platform I mean you do you should do what you are doing and educate people and Mm -hmm. you know entertain to an extent you know it's make it a fun thing don't it's not obviously we voice our opinions on some subjects but it's not yeah it's not it's not political and maybe if it maybe if things weren't so skewed to the extremes you know on both sides that would be one thing where it could be like we could have a very calm and rational conversation about it and not have to worry about people getting your feelings hurt and things being blown out of proportion and you know that kind of thing but I just I don't know I just want everything that is coming out to be a break you know I want it to be not necessarily I won't say distraction even though that's pretty much what I mean but I hope that people can enjoy reading the magazine listening to this listening to anything else and not worry about any of the stuff that's going on outside of, of those headphones you know it's very easy to get caught up in the in the bullshit, man. Yeah, I would concur, man. So. But what would what are your have you ever been burnt out? Like yeah. on the hobby, like you ever get overwhelmed with animals? Because I think feel like that's where James and them were kind of coming from more. Was yeah, like not necessarily burnt out on the social aspect, but burnt out because you literally just were overwhelmed with what you had in your collection. Yeah, there. I mean. Back when we first started the podcast, I had a little bit of everything. I think that's yeah. when I, I won't say I got You didn't seem burned. overwhelmed. I, I, I didn't show it. You just didn't I, seem I hide didn't, that kind of stuff very focused. well. Yeah, that and that's kind of what it was. And it, it just kind of like hit me one day that I, I kind of like looked at what I, what I had and what I was doing. And I questioned what I was doing, you know, what, what's my end goal here. And I think that's kind of when I became overwhelmed and knew I, and decided I, I needed to put more focus into, Mm -hmm. into things and downsize a little bit. And I feel like I've done that pretty well. I've, I've strewn, strained a little bit. See, but I don't. But, I think it's okay you know, to yeah, have you know, some little side. Yeah, and I that, that I feel like that's what 
part of what keeps you kind of excited and keeps things different, Something I guess. Different. It's a change up. You know, it's it's hard to have all of one species. If you can yeah. do if you can do it, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, but it is hard. I did it for a while where I had only had carpets and I did get. I'm not gonna say I got sick of it. I, I got. It got bug. You yeah, I was like, else. man, I want to get something else. So I got, I got bull snakes and uh, gopher you, snakes. Yeah, and eat the same thing every day. You're gonna want to try something yeah, else, even exactly. if it's only for one or two days. You're gonna want to eat something else. Yeah. You know? So I love you know, salmon. I could eat salmon every day, but I know that eventually I'd be like, I'm sick. I, salmon. I need a burger. Yeah. yeah. So, I do love salmon. But I think it's. I think it's important for people to be careful with that especially when it comes to animals because i i you know we always we always preach it you know know your limits know what you're capable of having and really think about it because when when you do get overwhelmed it can be it can be extremely stressful you know we all yeah because you don't have any way of all of a sudden yeah getting rid of those things exactly and that's the thing those are living creature so right. if you get overwhelmed overwhelmed your care is gonna drop stop. yeah exactly yeah. like you still have to keep doing it but when you lose that motivation and you're you're nervous you're you're again overwhelmed it's everything plummets yeah at some point you know to an extent you know whether it's before you used to change everything twice a week now mm-hmm. you're only doing it once a week because you're tired and That's you, you what don't was know what to with do me with, with it and, man. and i yeah i remember that and i could see it happening you know just talking to you and <laughs> watching you you're like i'm done <laughs> like you know but you know, it's not a bad thing but because i wouldn't do it no but it i got gave to you a point, props for it like it, it came to a point where i realized i was getting burnt out and i noticed I wasn't as on top of things as I usually was. And it was just, I got into that position where I had a ton of animals and I was like, I, I don't want to keep these anymore. Yeah. And And then it's realizing I still have to take care of 80 geckos. Yeah. Multiple days a week. And it was like, Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. This this shit. That's, and that's, it's dangerous, man. You know, as long as you can keep your cool and keep your wits about you and keep doing what you're doing and just slowly start moving animals, you know, you can get yourself out of that hole. But it's... I mean, you yeah. see it all the time. People are like, yeah. I bred a ton one year or even last year, and it just, it was too much. Yeah. And so now I, this year I'm taking the year off or I'm only breeding half of what I was exactly. breeding. It's like, it's exactly, it's knowing your limits. And you also see the people that go to a show and buy a bunch of, a bunch of cheap stuff because they, they, they walked into a show with a couple hundred dollars and they bought, you know, 15 snakes and on top of the 15 you already had. So now you just doubled your collection and now you're running around with like a chicken with your head cut off because you have all these animals and you're not used to caring for things like that. You know, it's such a quick, quick thing. So all of a sudden you're scrambling to turn around and, and resell animals. I don't know. Like, and, well, I mean, you think about it. It's also sort of the, like, I feel like if you want to get into stuff, it's okay if you have like a pair here and there, but it's like going crazy and like buying a ton of cresteds or something. You know, maybe not putting a ton of money into it and just buying a bunch of, like, lower-end, quote-unquote, cresteds, mm-hmm. and then sort of expecting all the babies to just sell no problem. You know, right. I can tell you, even, I bred, I like to think I bred pretty good quality. Like, they weren't top, top quality, but they were pretty good quality cresteds. Yeah, you had, some, you had some really nice you know? animals. And so I was like, I even had a hard time just selling those, you know? Right. And it was like, yeah, I just, I remember, same thing. Like, I realized, I was like, it's time to, to focus back on snakes, 
and it was like I still have all these geckos. <laughs> I was like, oh man, and I felt I felt really dumb, and it that was like an over you know overproducing thing, you know. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll breed all all my females, and then once I started getting babies like crazy, it was like this was really dumb. But but I remember you telling me though you're going into that. I feel like you had good intentions. You were using that to kind of fund the bigger picture projects too. You know, so I could, I saw what you were doing with it, but you you hit it hard. Well, that's, I think but it you like, had already been hitting it when we met. So that's that, a lesson though that I like I've said before. I know we said in one of the early episodes. Like that's a lesson people only seem to learn. When they've when it's already happened, yeah, like it's people can tell you up and down all day long. Don't produce too much. Like know your limits. Pay attention to how much you're producing. People are like whatever, it's not that bad. Then you end up with like thirty baby conjures that aren't eating, and you now have to sit there in the dark for hours, tease feeding, you know, assist feeding tails. Like, yeah, you don't realize it's like when that happens, and you're in the middle of that, you're like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Yeah, and it sucks, you know. And I've heard that's the case with some contra guys. Like they produce yeah. a ton of babies, and they're like, "I'm never doing that again." Like breed two females, two clutches, that's it. Because I don't want a rack full of babies that I now have to yeah. literally keep alive for an indefinite period of time. And I feel like that's you know when we when we've talked about I, a long time ago we we talked about reptiles reptiles as a full time job, you know. And I that feel was like like episode three. Yeah, yeah, it was an early early episode, but like I feel like that's where that's where it doesn't become as enjoyable because you don't have that option if you're a full time breeder. You can't take the option of taking the year off or only breeding one or two females because you're doing it for enjoyment. No, you have to produce everything you can because you have to sell your animals to pay your bills. I believe a, know, a large and, part of the full time dream thing is a very romanticized idea. Oh yeah. Like, people under the impression that it's like dude i get to hang out at home and play with snakes all day and it's like yeah you do but you're also like that's either before or after you're cleaning every cage doing all the water changes like i can i was thinking about the other day actually i was like i can see how that would get pretty mundane and pretty old even though you're living you know the dream the dream quote unquote it's like, yeah, but it's really not as glorious as people think it is. You know, it's it's really not. You're a janitor, you know, like Justin Kolbilka, <laughs> who's like making big bucks. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I got it. Instead, it's yeah. like, oh man, I gotta <laughs> clean all these by myself. Fuck, <laughs> I gotta buy like a whole pallet of aspen regularly and feed, and I have to buy all these rodents to feed everything. I have no doubt it's hard work. Yeah. No, it, it's hard work, and I mean, if you can do it. More power to you. You know, if you can do it, do it successfully, successfully, and sexfully? and and love love what you do, then have at it. Don't get me wrong. If I could do it, I probably would give it a shot. But yeah. that's not. I would. It's not feasible right now. I would like to think one day I, I could. It's more for me. It's like a retirement plan. Yeah. It's that thing to where keeps you active, yeah. keeps you mentally sharp. You're not just playing golf every exactly. day until you die. And you know, it gives me a way to make extra cash while I'm getting, hopefully, getting a retirement check, and I can do it as like a part time job. And be like Bill Stiegel, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, the bills are Buster perfect ass, example. Become an anesthesiologist, make bank, retire, have awesome snakes, buy a nice big house, die, and just <laughs> just bask in it. Just coast. Yep, that's. 
Yeah, I mean that's he's the prime example of how you like how it's done. That's how you do it, man. Like Bill, Bill Stiegel is mean, a scary ass job, but yeah, oh yeah, I wouldn't want that that job. Dude, there's so much pressure on I'm you to ju- not screw that I'm up. Gonna <laughs> just, I'm gonna stick with what I'm doing, build up a retirement until I'm f- 55, and <laughs> you're the one guy we have to worry about you not killing the patient. And you're like, okay, <laughs> really hope like, you get this. I mean, right. obviously, if you do it as long as he did, you you're good at it, right? But I feel like if you're a bad anesthesiologist, you it's like you, you don't have a long career. But I mean, like it's it's and it's one thing you find Start out pretty quick. Be, I'm sure it's one of those things you find out quick if if you're cut out for it. <laughs> like it's, but those guys go through an insane amount of school, yeah. and you know, and I mean they earned it. Like that's yeah. you know same with with Doug, my buddy, the vet. You know. He went through yeah. a lot of school to be a vet. He earned it. He makes dogs a baller now. Yeah. He's <laughs> single and he's got. He gets paid. Yeah, you know. So there you go. It's like you want it. You're gonna have to punt leisure. And I mean, you could be like me and just be a college dropout and then decide to make life harder on yourself and build a magazine from nothing. Or you could be like and me. learn Adobe products. You could be like me and get a useless degree and be stuck working for your county your entire life. The glasses half empty. The glasses half full. Depends on how you look at it. At least I got snakes, man. I'm actually in a much better position than I thought I would be. Like I was sure when I dropped out of college, I was like, my life is over. I swear to God, I told my mom I was like, I'm gonna be stuck out in the middle of BFE. In like a trailer with like ten kids that I can't afford, <laughs> and I'm gonna be driving like basically what I'm driving now for the rest of my life. And I was like, my life's over. I'm gonna be working at God knows where, like Piggly Wiggly. You know, I was like, I was, I was freaking out, dude. But I was, I told my parents, I was like, I can't do it anymore. It's like I'm, I'll stop wasting your money. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And I mean, that was that was straight out of high school though. Right. Like now, thinking back. If I had gone back to college later, like just taking two years off, whatever, giving myself some time to kind of grow up. If I went back now, it'd be nothing, dude. Yeah. Like I think about it, I'm like, I don't understand why I was such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did it, so that's, that's saying something. No. I just, I, I was, man, I was, I was freaking out. Though. My mom's dude, like, dude, that's that's not even what's gonna happen because my mom didn't go to college. Yeah. I mean. My my dad's an engineer. The stigma of having to go to college is such bullshit. It's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Go go to a trade school. Go to a trade school. Have very little loans. Make a bunch of money. You know, but I mean, but yeah, you talk about schooling, man, and becoming overwhelmed. God, man, when I was in college, I can't tell you how many days there were that I just wanted to throw everything to the wind and say, fuck it and be done. You know, you got a roach roach on your shoulder. Yeah, I always do. Freaking roaches, dude. Yeah everywhere in here and big ass wolf spiders but it is what it is we're here now buddy we have each other yeah and i like that's another thing you know you can worry and 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 rethink what you should have done you know coulda shoulda woulda that's not what happened like you are where you are now too late you have to take that information and run with it you can't go back and change do the best with what you got now you can't change the future, but you can change your... Or you can't change your past, but you can affect your future. That shit's deep. Boy, get your, get your scuba gear on, because we're going deep. <laughs> hey. It's that one-on-one talk, bro. You know. You know, you know. how it be. 
You know what's up? I don't think there was anything else that we had yeah, on the I was about agenda. Yeah, I was about to say, I think we're at our we're about at our time, aren't we? We are. 127. Ooh, almost got him. I'll give you $20 to catch one of those roaches and eat it. Uh, no. I think I'm 21. Getting... 21 bucks? Well, you got a deal. Where is it? We're around here somewhere. Pick a pick a wall. Pick a wall. Welcome to South Carolina. Yeah, we gotta get the house sprayed, man. These things are rough. Yeah. It sucks. I need to buy a weed eater next month. I you know what's sad? You know what's sad? I'm fucking excited about it. I'm so excited to get a weed eater. Wait until you buy a house, dude. I used to hate mowing the lawn. Now, like every weekend, I'm like super pumped to put dude, on my Bose beats. Right, you just go like, out and throw cut the on grass. some Lamb of God or something, <laughs> yeah. and just go to town. Yeah, that dude, grass. I do the same thing, man. Uh, I mean, I don't own a house, but I still rent. But like now, I li- I almost look forward to yard work. It sucks because it's, it's so weird. You're like, bum, God, I'm getting old. effing hot. But yeah, it's like now I'm like, oh it's man, a workout. I look at it as a workout. And you get I'm done, like, you're you know like, what? Uh, you're gonna sweat. It's gonna suck, but I'm gonna shower after. I'm gonna feel good. Yeah. Play. I'm so excited to buy a weed eater next month, man. I get a third paycheck, so I got a little extra cash to, to Oh, yeah, we get an splurge. extra one next. There's like five weeks in yeah. July next month. So I get a, get a, get a treat myself I, to I a weed I tell you eater. what, though. There are no survivors. Like I told the child, if you leave things in the yard. It's can't run and over. It's, Saturday, it's Sunday, which is my lawnmower day. I'm like, it's a fair game. You I'm not going to go through the yard and look for all your stuff. <laughs> if it's in the yard... In the yard. I'm trying to make her pay more attention to her things and yeah. where she puts them. And some one of the neighborhood kids left her sock <laughs> in the yard, and I ran that over. Nice. Didn't even realize it. Katie's like, "Are you in like a trance when you mow?" I was like, "No." What are you talking about? She's like, "You ran over her sock." Jesus. I was like, when? Never even saw a sock. I ran over a crock. I ran over one of one of Ellie's shoes was in the yard or something, and I didn't see it until I heard the lawnmower go. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, what was that?" It was a shoe. I ran over one of my camouflaged Crocs. Nice. Well, in, in your defense, in the good tall grass. Yeah, exactly. I jammed that thing up bad, but yeah. Anyways, just, anything's fair game. Yeah. If it's if it's on the if it's on the battlefield. Yeah. It's getting mowed. But this episode has been brought to you by Steve Snakesuary and PKs and Exotics. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Herbiculture Podcast. Follow me at Palmetto Coast Exotics and Herbiculturemagazine.com. Follow me at JLB Morelia. And if you're at all interested in seeing any of my photography, you can follow me on JLB Wildlife and some of the stuff I'm doing in that realm. Trying to gonna try and pick that up a little bit. We're trying, we're thinking about doing local portraits and stuff for, for people and so See where I can do with that. I've actually really enjoyed it. So if you want to check that out, JLB Wildlife. If you want to see snakes, JLB Morelia. If you want to add me on Facebook, you can do that. Go like my JLB Morelia page on Facebook as well. Instagram, all that good stuff. We'll see y'all.